Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to episode 10, season two, here on Centuries and Saints, as we continue our look at the attributes of God. Well, in our last episode, we looked at the lordship of God, God's sovereignty, the fact that he is the king who rules and reigns over all of his creation. So today, we are going to begin looking at another of God's attributes, namely his faithfulness. So for today and for our next episode, we'll be looking at the faithfulness of God. Now, I hope you're enjoying this season of systematic theology, looking through who God is as we look at scripture and ultimately at his son for revelation of this God, this triune God that we worship. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. Please drop me a line. Uh, Let me know what you think. Let me know if there are topics you would like to hear us address on the podcast. And so, without further ado, let's get into the faithfulness of God. Uh, last week, well, actually, you know, starting this whole thing out again, we've, we've looked at the holiness of God, at the self-existence and eternality of God, the love of God. Last week, we took a look at the lordship of God, and we discussed how God is, is Lord, both by nature and by function. Okay, so He is Lord. That's who He is. He is the sovereign one, the master, the king of the universe, ruling and reigning over all of creation uh, by his word, by his divine decree. Okay. And we also saw last week how the word Adonai in Hebrew, which is the word for Lord used for God in the Bible, uh, the way that that is structured in the Hebrew denotes that there is none higher than God, that he, God, is the ultimate sovereign, master and king. Okay. And then we finished up by pointing out that the Greek word kurios, which means Lord, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Adonai. And in Hebrew, Adonai is a title, that title Lord is reserved exclusively for God. And we saw that the second most common title used for Jesus in the New Testament is Lord, which is kurios, which is Adonai. And we saw that each and every time that Jesus referred to himself as Lord and that the New Testament writers used the word Lord when speaking of Jesus, they were proclaiming and affirming his deity, that he is God. Okay. So if anyone ever comes to you and says, well, you know, Jesus never said he was God and the New Testament isn't really clear. You can say, oh yes, he did. And yes, it is. (laughs) Jesus constantly was telling people that he is God. Why do you think the Pharisees were always wanting to stone him to death? Okay, every time the Pharisees pick up stones to stone him to death, it's because they knew that what he had just said, he was proclaiming that he is God. And the New Testament writers affirm that and proclaim that over and over and over and over again all throughout the New Testament. And so the testimony of Scripture is clear. Jesus is God. Amen. Okay? And that is an absolute non-negotiable essential of the true Christian faith. And that is one of those hills that we die on. All right. So we looked at all that last week and praise God, it was, it was fun and it's good stuff just to remember that, you know, that God is Lord. He is sovereign and in control and he is king. Okay. So uh, this week we're going to begin a look at another one of the attributes of God. And we're going to be looking at the faithfulness of God this week. Okay. So we're going to see what it means uh, this week, 
next week, definitely, uh, you know, Lord willing, and uh, we'll see how, how far we need to go with that. Uh, but we're going to be taking a look at the faithfulness of God and different aspects of that and what that means that our God is truly the faithful one. What I want to do is I want to read seven verses out of the Bible here, four from the Old Testament and three from the New, that just give us a little bit of an aspect and a glimpse of, of what that means, okay, that God is the faithful one. Okay, so Deuteronomy 32.4 says this, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Psalm 9.10, And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 36.5, your loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. <clears throat> Isaiah 25, 1. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago, with perfect faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And finally, Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 and 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, that is seven verses, four from the Old Testament, three from the New. Okay, just a very, very quick cursory glance at Scripture, proclaiming the faithfulness of God. Okay, that God is faithful. Now, I love this because this is a part of God's nature. This is a part of who God is. So many of us as human beings, uh, I'm sure that all of us in one way or another to varying degrees have experienced the unfaithfulness of humanity. Okay, whether it's a promise that was given that was then broken, uh, whether it was, you know, somebody said, hey, I want to do this for you or I'll be there and they weren't. Or things more severe and more serious, like the breaking of marriage vows, uh, those kinds of things. You know, we've all gone through it. We've all experienced what it means when somebody is unfaithful in, in one way or another. Praise the Lord, though, that part of his nature and character is that he is the faithful one. Okay, God is faithful. We see it all, all throughout the scriptures. We just read it. God is faithful. Now, all throughout Scripture, uh, as we were talking a few weeks ago when we were looking at the love of God, uh, especially in the Old Testament, we looked at one of the Hebrew words for love, which is chesed, uh, which in Hebrew speaks of God's covenant-keeping, faithful love. Uh, we can say, now, how is God faithful? Well, obviously, the, the sort of the quick you know, elementary school answer is, well, he's faithful in every way. That is very true, but I want to take a, a little bit more of a specific look at that. Okay, so first of all, again, as part of his nature, uh, God simply is faithful. That's just who he is. Now, uh, you know, again, we see that revealed in Scripture in terms of his promise of salvation, uh, the covenants that he makes with his people, his faithfulness to provide, 
practically for all the needs of his people, etc., etc., God is faithful. And again, as we talked about the love of God a few weeks ago, that chesed love, that faithful love that God has, you know, towards his people. We see that as God's people, as Christians, uh, man, our God is faithful to us. He loves us with that faithful covenant-keeping love, okay? That's how he loves us, with a faithfulness that never fails. As we begin to, you know, come to a close today uh, for this teaching, sort of this introduction to the faithfulness of God, and uh, again, Lord willing, next week we're going to get more deeply into this, um, I want to read a passage from the book of Galatians, and then I want to take a few minutes to to sort of look at that and, and figure out, you know, what Paul's saying here and how that relates to the faithfulness of God. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Paul says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations. Even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed, that is, Christ. What I am saying is this. The law, which came 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on the law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Okay, so that is Galatians 3, 13 through 18. This is a a big chunk of scripture, but basically what Paul is saying here is that back in Genesis, uh, God prophesied to Abraham And the promises he gave to Abraham about the new covenant, the gospel that Christ was going to come one day and redeem his people. Okay. Now you have God giving his promises to Abraham. Fast forward 430 years and God enters into covenant with the people of Israel on Mount Sinai, giving them the law. Okay. That's the old covenant. Now what Paul is saying is that, look, God, before he gave the law to Moses, God gave a promise of the gospel, the new covenant to Abraham. And the law, the Ten Commandments, was never intended to be the final covenant. God never intended that people would become righteous and enter back into perfect fellowship with him through the law. We know that all throughout the scriptures. That's why we have the gospel, obviously, or else we'd all be lost in our sins. Even though God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai, God previously had promised the gospel, the new covenant, to Abraham 430 years earlier. And what Paul is saying here in Galatians is that, look, God gave a promise of the new covenant, the the gospel to Abraham. 430 years later, God gives the law to Moses and Mount Sinai. But the giving of the law does not invalidate the promise of the gospel that's coming. What we see then is we see God's faithfulness in the Old Testament in an amazing way. Okay, that he did not nullify or, you know, eradicate his previous promise to Abraham, but his faithfulness remained perfectly intact because in the fullness of time, Jesus comes, perfectly fulfills the entire law. And then the law, which is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, has served its function. 
and it brings us to Christ. It does what it was designed to do, to point out our sinfulness and to show us that we can't do it, (laughs) okay? And the faithfulness of God remains intact because he fulfilled that promise he gave Abraham about the gospel in the new covenant, okay? And so, man, what an amazing example that is that Paul uh, elaborates on there in Galatians 3, and that we see, again, the faithfulness of our Father, you know, to fulfill the promises that he gives, to do the things that he says he will do. And we see it played out throughout the drama of human history, you know, all throughout the scriptures. It's just amazing how faithful and how good, you know, God is. And it really, really does, you know, give us a great, great peace and a great sense of comfort, uh, you know, when we see God's track record of faithfulness to his people, both Old and New Testaments, all throughout the Bible, you know, and, and man, you know, we see... I mean, we just, we see how God has been so faithful, uh, you know, to Israel. He's been so faithful to uh, us as Christians and, and he's just faithful. It's just who he is. We see it all over the Bible, you know, the faithfulness of God. And so that is one of his attributes. God is faithful. He never fails. He never says something and then doesn't do it. He never makes a promise that he won't keep. You know, he is faithful, He's just faithful. That's who he is. And so, uh, man, I pray that this has just been a blessing for you guys. Uh, next week, Lord willing, we're going to dig a little bit more deeply uh, into this attribute of God and really explore this in more fullness. I wanted to kind of uh, use this example from Galatians and the Old Testament and uh, just sort of begin our study today of this. So, Lord willing, next week we'll continue looking at the faithfulness of God. Uh, but, man, may the Lord bless you guys today, and may the Lord bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, thanks again for tuning into Centuries and Saints today. This is Scott Matson, your host, and I pray that this look at the faithfulness of God has been a blessing to you. Make sure and stay tuned to the podcast. We've got more episodes and more content coming up. Uh, next week, we will conclude our look at the faithfulness of God and then continue on in season two with a few more of God's attributes before we close out the season and move on into other content after that. So again, thanks for listening. Please go to the podcast store, rate us, write us a review, share with your family and friends, help us get the word out. We really, really appreciate it. And so until next week, for Centuries and Saints, this is Scott Matson. Peace.